You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides, your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 82, recorded August 23rd, 2020. The topic of this episode is Aspect Part 2. If you couldn't tell already, I'm your host, I am Elemist. This is Hyven. This is Mrs. Hyven. And this is Orchid. And for Before podcast- you continue, I just okay. want to comment on the fact that if you ever, if we ever do like a coffee house radio edition, Elemist is going to do the whole thing by himself because like, <laughs> or like easy listening with Elemist. You just, you need your own podcast, I think. Just good morning. <laughs> How is everyone today? It Welcome. would be overly sexual. I'd be very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> no, ridiculous. Every week you host. Oh, I love it. Though. This podcast is for I the don't ladies. know what to say to that. <laughs> like, I wanted to make a joke, but I was like, I Easy have Easy listening nothing. with lore. Ooh. Easy. Yes, Lisa. Poor daddy element. Fuck. I Such just fucked up. I'll be, your guide through this. I'll be your guide through this journey. I'm Big Daddy I just Elements. fucked up. <laughs> oh, fuck no, not Big Daddy Elements. I don't even know what that is. I don't like it. I'll be Easy Lord listening Daddy with Big Daddy Blue Big Dildo. Daddy. Yeah, that's that's what LC calls you. Big Daddy Blue Dildo. <laughs> for your Wabafet. Yeah. God. So for podcast news, uh, we encourage feedback that can be sent to us on Twitter at Guardians underscore Lore, at Hey It's Orchid, at Mrs. underscore Hyven, at under... Fuck. At I <laughs> underscore am underscore Elmas. I own. fucked up my you own messed name. messed up your own. <laughs> your own? <laughs> that is great. Uh, you could send us emails at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can follow us on Instagram at guardians of lore, all one word. Uh, you can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast except Spotify. We throw tons of shade at them. Implement reviews, Spotify. And then Orchid posts their link for Spotify for our episodes. So. Yeah, Implement it's an ironic reviews. throwing shade at them because that's the one that's easily procured unless you want me to share just like the Apple podcast one. I usually just have it open in that's Spotify, I though. I don't think I've ever used Spotify. Spotify ever. updates faster than Apple does in the mornings, so I can check Spotify first and get the link before my Apple one mm-hmm. updates. Which is mostly why I use mm-hmm. I use that's like the I actual use, reason so i think it, it pulls straight from the ras rss feed i use overcast it's my favorite Ooh. or if none of those places to reach out to us entice you jump into our discord oh. reach out to us personally use the word entice it's gross <laughs> um you can also find our info on the lordnetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators so with that being said uh this week at guardians of lore let's jump into the quaggle we have babe another... you start this one yeah we have another new I'm review aware. this is all you i'm not we have this one. another new review this one comes courtesy of podbean i was just checking them last night um, my favorite part about this review, hold on as I pull it up, is they um they started it off by saying, Hey, I'm reviewing. 
(laughs) (laughs) Because we always tell people to review and they're like, hey, I'm doing it. And I just, I love that. Um, It comes from, oof, should have practiced how to say this earlier. Ew, Hyven is eating his yogurt real weird right now. It's, he's dabbing (laughs) it in his mouth. It's very (laughs) alarming. I'm getting really sexual. Okay, and now Alice is touching his nipples. Um, Just rub yogurt all over my beard. What is wrong with this podcast? Oh, Valoragna. That name. They're in our Discord. Yeah, one of my followers on Twitch. Hello. Okay, well that's who it is. Um, it says, "Hey, I'm reviewing. You all are great and ridiculous. I love that you read the whole lore, even if my attention wanders." It's great to listen while I'm working at home. So it was actually specifically tagged to an episode, which I did not know you could do on Podbean, but to episode 76, uh, which was the uh, second episode of The Pigeon and the Phoenix. Oh, that was everyone's favorite. Noise. Absolutely. That was exciting. Ah, I just started. Everyone loved the bird. Like singing to me. Um, Additionally, Orchid tweeted out through our Guardians of Lore Twitter yesterday. If there was anything anybody wanted to tell the host, and we got some really sweet feedback from both uh, Joey Controla and ADP Colossus, but ADP Colossus also asked everybody, what is our favorite lore book? So I figured we could go ahead and answer that. Ooh. Yeah. Wait. Alice, do you want to start us off? Wait. I have a question. What? Specifically, okay. does it have to be a lore story or a lore book? Lore book. I don't know. It's a it could lore be a, book. I could be a lore story. But I guess There's if you no want to change rules. it to something else, well, I that's what I'm, I'm curious. They specifically like said lore book. And but are you we, on Twitter? Like, if I go to Ishtar Collective and I type, if I select books, do I have to pick one of those? Mm-hmm. Oh God, I never read this. Man. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I still need to read a couple books. I, seasonal I Arrivals. Know, I really select. Tell them the lore on. that resonates the most with you, babe. Oh, Elemis was starting. I just wanted to ask. Yeah. Okay, Elemis, go. I, I, for me, it's it's more about readability and how the book actually makes me feel and that would be the black armory papers that's a good one oh the black armory I papers was say made that me one. cry yep same when i was so that's everyone this, um <laughs> that was easy no, <laughs> when I was doing this. yeah but i also when i started thinking about the question after i saw it not only the black armory papers but also the way that like I never expected the lore to affect my my regular right. life, like my outside of Destiny life, um, and the way that I've met like amazing people. You know, I've made friends like Orchid. Um, you know, we have we call Elemis Uncle Elemis to our dogs. Like he's our straight up family. Like he's just my brother. You know, so it's just like Damn the right. way the lore. He's my daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, so like if I had to pick a book, I would say Black Army Papers. Uh, but if like just in general, it's all of them and how they've influenced my life. <laughs> but yeah, that was my answer. Since since a lot Orchid, of us, are you? Since Orchid, it seems like a lot of us have have picked that one, I would also go to say Ghost Stories is my second favorite. Ghost Stories is just it's really fun. cute. Well, because it's like so you've got cute. that right mix of of somber, you've got the right mix of of humor and just in, yeah. information. Like it was also one of our earlier episodes, so it's mm-hmm. got like a lot of nostalgia for me. Like it feels <laughs> like that was yesterday, but it's almost been right. like two years. <laughs> right. 
Alamis, this is your longest relationship. <laughs> this oh podcast. You've put more time, effort. <laughs> <laughs> we were all joking about our longest relationships earlier because I was saying how gross it is that I've been married for so long and gross so in a good long. way. I love my husband. Like three years. But before Hyven, I had only ever dated somebody for as long as five months. So we were joking about our longest relationships. I think if I didn't have to pick the Black Armory Papers because I love that book so much, I think I would actually pick The Forsaken Prince. Really? Yeah. What? Because that um, seems a little. It's it's seriously. I know, right? For my <laughs> huge dislike of Aldrin Sov. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's because um, it's literally because of that one entry talking about like the cabal in the bathtub. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> It's literally just because of that. It also paints Aldrin in an interesting light. It really he does. Gets yeah. feel, you get to learn him as a person, less of the the dick he shows everyone else. You know, so. right? Yeah, but he just I really it like that one. I think it's funny. All right. Well, I have. All right, hun. Uh, what is your very particular answer? Well, I have to cheat <laughs> since everyone else had multiple. For different reasons, so probably the most inf- one of my favorites because it's been the most influential is Books of Sorrow, just because that was one, not maybe, I guess you could say The Maraid was the first book, but The Books of Sorrow was one of like the first uh, lore books that we had. Um, when Taken King came out, that really structured the game and put us really on a good path uh, lore-wise, I thought. It did. Um, so I really, really loved that. Um, the reason, my true favorite um, is the whole um, Dwindler's Ridge saga. It was never mm-hmm. actually yeah. in a lore book. It was the thorn and last and last word cards. That is my favorite story. And that takes you right into my favorite books being um, probably Nothing Ends, if I had to pick a, a book from that series, where it really kind of puts a nice bow on everything. Uh, that one is just fantastic for me. I, 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 heck, I love the cover art. I love the, oh, I yeah. love everything about that book. It's just that and Letters from a Renegade. But that whole story is my favorite Destiny story. And then Great story. Ghost Stories, of course, fantastic book. I was going to say that, too, because it just it gets you in the feels a lot of places and does that. And then, of course, uh, The Man They Call Cade. I think a lot of people forget that one, but mm-hmm. that is probably one of the like yeah. more touching, like deep books from, a, once again, a goofy character who you get to kind of see their their inner thoughts so and and like you get to see his seriousness like he still jokes the entire time, but you get to see how serious he can get. I love those. In the same way, Forsaken Prince shows a side of Aldrin that we don't always see, like in game. I think the man they call Cade kind of does that for Cade. Um, for Cade, or all of the books with Mara, specifically the Mara Sinna does that for Mara. Uh, you know, we got a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. One of my alternates, because obviously one of the reasons I picked the Black Armory is it pages or papers? Papers. 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 Um, I can never remember which one it is. That one really like resonated with me on such an emotional level, like it made me cry. But also when we read um all of the different Eris Morn ones where she was talking to her like lost mm, fire Luna's team. Lost. Um yeah, yeah, and her her survivors guild. I I remember when we were recording that one, we had nope. to stop for like twenty minutes. From I broke down crying. Oh yeah. That yeah. one was you can really relate to a lot of that one. Yeah. Just- I I straight up broke down crying. We had to take like a 20 minute break. Granted, I think we may have recorded around the anniversary. 
appreciate my dad's death or something that was already made me a little more heightened. But it, it resonated with me on such like a personal level, which is also something that I really appreciate with these lore books is that is that they can. Um, and that just shows how well they're written. Yeah. Uh, sorry. But yeah. So ADP Colossus, I hope we answered your question. Favorite spin, favorite spin foil books real quick. Favorite books to spin foil about. I'll start. Mine oh, are Unveiling and Inquisition of the Damned. Second part of Inquisition of the Damned, specifically. The <laughs> Sabbath Thunberg version. Ecdysis. <laughs> ah, good choice. Oh my god, yeah, you love Ecdysis. <laughs> Just because I, I love oh the one-sided love Oh my god, that is so true! <laughs> that one and Dust go my together really well, too. to spin foil on is, I believe it's Part of either the Marasena or the Awoken of the Reef. Uh, but anyways, Shrido coming back. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. With the pyramid ships eventually. So I have I have big hopes for that. Uh, mine's gonna have to be Chronicon. Always Chronicon. <laughs> Forever Chronicon. Fan fiction. Chronicon is just like one of my favorite Chronicon books because it's just itself. like I know, but it's just so <laughs> stupid. I love it. I know, right? You can spin foil it. because you can just make up anything if you want, because that's what they did. I mean, I simp right. for Callus anyway because I like them thick thighs, but I like them thick boys. Callus is a thick boy. What yeah. can I say? Now, like, There's a song or called it, "It's thick Pronounced Sweet Meats Extra Fries," and I think you'd <laughs> love it. <laughs> now, Callus like, has sweet meats. Going Fucking back, oh, meat. going back to Hyven's original picks. I love how like it was a he he jumped straight into yeah books of sorrow. It reminds me of like you know what my favorite book is the Bible. <laughs> I know I literally <laughs> you know chose what? the Bible. People it's like Angelo like, from the Office. People are I like, mean, how do you not? I, what's your favorite word? And people are like the word. I'm like fuck you. <laughs> just, right. I am just saying. That's a lot of words. You just get, just pick a butterfly or some shit. Like you don't got to be weird about it. Do people have a favorite word? Orchids. I don't fun. know. Do you have a favorite word? Moist. Yeah. Ew. Just because I love the reactions people give. Rutabaga. No, that's not it. That's a good one to oh say. Oh my god, no. Rutabaga is your favorite like, word. Don't even act like it isn't. You've made entire songs based on the goddamn word Rutabaga. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, real quick, because we're on this this tangent. Last one. Least favorite book. It's a hard one. Oh, jeez. Uh, as far, it can be ra- like one that gives you rage or one that was <laughs> just like you're not super interested in. Can my in, least but... favorite book be the one <laughs> Orkin loves the most? Pigeon in the Phoenix? <laughs> No. Oh, Chronicon. Chronicon. Oh, yeah, that is Chronicon. her favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hate yeah, that I'm book. changing my favorite. Chronicon's my favorite. <laughs> I think for me... I think that one's like my least favorite. I think for me, it's the Warlock Anor, just because what that was built to be and what it actually was were two completely different things. That's true. That's true. Uh, my least favorite man. I set myself up with no actual. So if you're gonna ask the question, wait, wait. You know right? what I have. I'm just trying to choose. I. He's just on Ishtar going down his own rabbit hole over here. I am. No, I. Th- I think I would agree. I think it's Warlock of Nor. Other than the fact that it was cool to learn how uh ghosts you can. What's the wait? I gotta find a better way. Only thing I can think of is ghost bondage. What? Oh. You can arrest. There's this. You can 
can find ghosts with te- tech. They have tech that takes away ghost powers. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was the only... I can't think of what it was. Ghost Other than that, I, yeah, I was you not You can handcuff ghosts. Yes. Guff, ghost handcuffs. That sounds so much better. Yeah, that was kind of... bondage. It's almost like I, I mean, can feel it, the ropes. What you could also do is just break the ghost and kill it. I mean, like... <clears throat> Right. Oh yeah, and one last shout out. Eva's journey. None of us commented on that, but we all really liked that one. Oh, I did. It was love a fun one. one. Yeah. But it's it, it like it's up there for me, but it's not my yeah. absolute Eva's favorite. Amazing. Got a lot of growth there. All right. I guess yeah. we've spent a long time. Yeah. yeah, I am on Ishtar Collective just looking at all the books right now. <laughs> I don't have a least favorite book. Except I really don't like Shin Malfur's story because everyone else likes it so much. It's not his story. Yeah, it's well I don't like his. it though. It's our story. You don't like it, or you just can, don't like, want to be. Kiss my ass. I don't. No, I just. I don't care. I don't about like it because it's Cause popular. It's, it's not. There's no sweet. You can meats quit. In it, kiss her so. sweet meats. Yeah. But it was one of the first stories that was just like. <laughs> well, and like it was a. Western. That was one of the original speculations. It was. An see, old I Western. don't like westerns. So. I normally don't like westerns, <laughs> but like to see a western story in a. It was just futuristic sci-fi game. It it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm just not. A, I just, I just don't. It doesn't. He doesn't even register on my radar. Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, it's not that I, I like Shin like, first so damn. much. It's the depth of the story. It's dredging your. It's the first yeah. people like people harnessing the darkness. It's swapping ghosts to different people. There's just like so much in it. It's such a broad, encompassing story. That's why I like it. Yeah. Like, faking no, final deaths, like that yeah. kind of shit. I actually am the bad guy. But not like there's just so much in there. Yep. All right. We have so apparently Mrs. Hypen had a macadamia nut <laughs> adventure. Oh no! <laughs> what happened, guys? Tell me all about it. In my 25 nuts. years of life, I've apparently never eaten a macadamia nut. How? And how? I just haven't. Apparently, if there's a white chocolate chip macadamia nut cookie or just a regular chocolate chip cookie, I'm going to pick the chocolate chip cookie. But white um, chocolate macadamia nut cookies are good. Well, apparently not for me because a coworker of mine got a gift package from Hawaii and was like, hey, I don't really like coconut stuff. Do you and Kendall want these like coconut macadamia nut things? And I was like, yeah, sure. Awesome. And they were delish, and I popped, like, 20 of these little clusters, and then I was like, Kendall, take this bag from me before I eat them all. This is so delicious, blah, blah, blah. And then within, like, 30 minutes, I was like, oh, Oh, no. (laughs) I had to go to the ER. (laughs) I saw that coming. Oh, Jesus. All the time at my work, Kendall's like, can I please call 911 now? Can I please yeah. call 911 now? And I was like, I'm no, fine. You should have called 911. <laughs> and she was like, like, please take my Benadryl. And I was like, I can't take that Benadryl. I'm allergic to Benadryl with dye. I'll get hives. And she was like, just take it. And I was like, hold on. And I called my dad and I was like, hey, can somebody bring me some dye-free Benadryl? And he was like, yeah, we have some. I'll send your sister with it. But what he didn't tell me was it was children's Benadryl. That's and there was like maybe two tablespoons, maybe two tablespoons in it. But he, I don't know for sure because he didn't give me a measuring cup with it. So I just like threw it back. It was awful. It was bubble gum. Um, yeah. 
Then, like, 15 minutes later, my coworker catches me, like, touching my face, and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, my lips kind of itch. And I was like, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine, Kendall. I'm fine. She was like, can I please call 911? And I was like, Let me, I'll, just, I'll just call my mom. I'll just, I'll just call my mom. So I call my mom, and she's like, all right, I'm going to come check you out, da-da-da, because my mom used to be a paramedic. And um, so... Then, like, it's getting worse. And Kendall's like, I'm about to call 911. And I was like, let me just see how far away my mom is. One second. She was like, yeah, the fact your mom's on her way is the only reason I haven't called 911. And I was like, oh, well, she's she's in the lobby. So my mom gets there and my mom is, like, looking at me. And she's like, yeah, we honestly need to get your vital signs. So, uh, yeah, we need to call 911. And I was like, damn it. Wow. <laughs> So then she was like, go ahead and call 911. And I was like, I don't want to call 911. Ew. So my mom looked at Kendall because it's better to call from a landline. And so she was like, Kendall, can you please call 911? And Kendall was like, yes, I will. So then the paramedics came. And of course, they bring the whole like goddamn stretcher. And I looked at Kendall and I was like, do you see this? Like, this is this is so fucking dramatic. I did not need this much shit. Oh, my God. And I was like, this is why I didn't want to call 911. And eventually the paramedics decided that because of what I had already taken and that it was assisting some, I still should go to the ER to get steroids, but I didn't need any medication in that present moment. So my mom took me to the ER. But of course it's Corona. So I get to the ER. I meant to call Hyven and I forgot. And um, so then I fell asleep because this shit knocked me out. So then I wake up to a phone call from him and he's like, hey, what's going on like you said you were going to the er you did any update and he was like you know do i need to come up there what's going on i was like you can't come up here like i'm not i'm not allowed to have anybody in the er with me and he was like oh you're right like he totally forgot so it wouldn't really matter anyways because i slept the entire time i was so knocked out from that benadryl it was ridiculous but the best part of this story and i forgot to tell hyven this as i'm leaving the er about almost two years ago, I was at the ER for what they thought was my gallbladder exploding, but it turned out to be really bad kidney stones. And they gave me fentanyl. The paramedics gave me fentanyl on the way to the ER. The same and I was she like, told she was beautiful high good nails. from this stuff. And um, the nurse, she had these really pretty eyebrows. Oh, that's and what it I was. told her that she had these really pretty eyebrows. And she was like, I'd believe you more if you were sober right now. And I was like, but you do. They're so fantastic. Giggity. But as I'm leaving the ER this time on Friday, she comes around the corner. I guess she's about to start her shift. I don't know. But I stopped her and I said, you don't remember me. (laughs) But about a year and a half ago, I was here and I was very drugged up from the paramedics. And I told you you had nice eyebrows, but you didn't believe me because I was very drugged. I want you to know a year and a half later, you still have fabulous eyebrows. <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, thank you. I hope you get back for the same stuff. I was like, nah, just an allergic reaction. I'm good now. <laughs> what? And that was my Friday adventure. <laughs> wow. Good story. You didn't die. No. So that's I good. didn't. I didn't know your you mom called the paramedics. Your mom loves to call the paramedics. 
Well, because my mom was like, if the better, well, when my mom got there, my face was apparently still swollen and my lips were all swollen. <clears throat> By the time the paramedics had gotten there, the Benadryl finally started working um, and it had gone down enough. And because my vital signs were OK enough, they decided that I didn't need any medication like right away because she was afraid I was going to need Epi because she thought the Benadryl wasn't working because apparently my lips were all red and swollen. That is so, definitely a serious yeah. thing, but it's just funny. Like my uh my family is just so much different first time i ever ripped my acl and a couple other ligaments in my knee and couldn't walk i had to drive home <laughs> and then when i did it again one of the other times my family was just like tired of my injuries and they were like just have someone there bring you and then nobody would bring me home so i'm just like laying out in the field playing football and <laughs> had no way to get home oh and i just That's love it your mom's like we're just gonna call 911 yeah, because she was like, let's just get vital signs. And like, because that's the thing. I don't call 911 because I grew up my whole life being told these stories of like ridiculous people who call 911. And so I won't do it. Like, I just won't call them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I will always call my mom first and I'll let her make the call because as a paramedic, I'm like, okay, like she can make that call. My dad apparently asked her later and he was like, in your professional opinion. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, she needed to go to the ER. She was like, when I first got there, I would have sent her with paramedics had they already been there. But by the time the paramedics got there i was i was doing well enough because it took forever for that benadryl to kick it's in true, but let me tell you once it did, i just figured they someone would just bring you an epi pin they just shoot you with it <laughs> well that was the thing the paramedics could have given me epi if i needed it but um i was so high i kept forgetting i was going to the hospital i was like getting up and leaving work and i was like Please, are we going to your house now, Mom? And like one of the attorneys in my office, Brett, she was like, no, no, sweetie, you're going to go to the hospital now. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to the hospital. They now. drugged you up again? Going to the hospital. No, the Benadryl. Oh, maybe I, The Benadryl hit me hard because I don't yeah. take Benadryl like ever because I've had bad reactions to Benadryl actually. So the Benadryl hit me hard. And then we get in the car and my mom takes this, <clears throat> takes a right turn. Mm-hmm. to go to the hospital whereas normally her house would have been straight and i was like where are we going i thought we were going to your house and she was like sweetie we're going to the hospital and i was like hey we're going to the hospital and like this ass motherfucker had to go into the er and communicate to them herself because nobody can go in with me <laughs> trying to answer their goddamn questions alone and high on benadryl <laughs> just asleep that's all. Wow. Oh, it was a mess. The nurse was like, Benadryl hits you pretty hard, doesn't it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so 25 years, never had a macadamia nut, and um, never going to have one ever again, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, nice. you could do like the rest of us allergic to tree nuts and just eat them anyway. But see, that's the thing. I am not allergic to tree nuts. I can have like hazelnuts, no problem. We eat like nut variety packs all the time. I, am I think it's just white. So t- I, allergic uh, to almonds. Every single time really? I eat them, I nope. get worse. Like, Our nut I'm variety pack that we days. eat has like everything, but almonds and hazelnuts, walnuts, pistachios. I think yeah, mac- macadamia nuts are odd enough that like they're not in a lot of stuff other than like my favorite white chocolate chip macadamia nut cookies, but um. Yeah, I guess they're not like and a these common special nut. Hawaiian treats that were delish. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh yeah, no macadamia nut cookies are some of my favorite, and I can't so eat them, good. but I eat them anyway. Oh my god, we're trying to sell no, yeah, like, seriously, like there's, there's fucking fact, almonds and everything. everything. Oh yeah, a... I have a very important one. Chuck date. Um, Chuck is a Chuckina and has a baby. What? What? 
Oh. Yeah. Your possum is a baby? Yeah, because I saw oh. baby possum in my house, and Chuck was looking a lot slimmer. <laughs> Chuck's, uh, Chuck's been pregnant. That's why it was, was. defending its pregnant self. Uh, yeah, maybe that's why it attacked Toki. You know, it's it all coming pregnant. together, guys, but Chuck is a Chuckina, Whoa. apparently, and has a baby, and the baby is really cute. What's the so baby's I'm taking, name? I'm taking baby Chucky. name submissions, but uh, the top one, Green, wanted to name it Delilah. We love it. So, I like that but name. But can we also give Chuck a new name? Well, Chuckina is a great name. Fuck Chuck you. Chuckette, Pedro. <laughs> Callie, what are you doing? <clears throat> oh, we're not going to think of my name. Um, what's the last one we actually uh, last one is I really like to make cards for people and it's always in our discord yeah I posted in discord I put on twitter but um, this year's been really shitty for everybody like myself included and if you would like uh, Christmas slash holiday slash Hanukkah slash summer if you're in Australia card (laughs) made by me I can't promise it will be good but um, I'm going to try to – anyone who wants one, there's – I put a Google form on um, on Twitter. So uh, don't worry. I'm not going to sell your address to, you know, an oil baron or a Nigerian prince or anything like that. Oh, if you could sell mine to an oil baron, that would be cool. Well, I can't promise that it'll be, you know, good for good for it. But, or good. Yeah, if, um, if you want, then – I will yeah. tell you right now to celebrate our pumpkin spice <gasps> love and yes. the season of approaching. I want a fall. I mean, it could be fall, Halloween, whatever theme, wintery. No, not winter, but I want a pumpkin spice card. You want a pumpkin spice card? <laughs> yeah, make it. A I wasn't fall. gonna. I was just gonna like blanket make a bunch of Christmas cards and send them. But like, I for you, Hyvan, I'll I'll make a pumpkin oh, spice okay. latte card because um, right. we are the two basic bitches of this podcast. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh wait! I'm so excited. Before we go, before we go anywhere, we have to do we have to do a pre podcast shout out. Oh, pre podcast shout out. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord, because <laughs> he just yelled at us. Starscream left us this really, really, really nice review in our own feedback channel, and then he said, "I do all this and no shout out. I feel assaulted." Um. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Boo. Like, you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. That is hysterical. I appreciate all the nice things you said about us. <laughs> and um, it, it's now been rectified. Heck, I appreciate all our listeners. I do too. I mean, the, even the weird ones. Always, we have about a hundred people in our Discord. A lot like, of some of them don't did, listen to the podcast. They're just there to hang out. <laughs> I did really like that, but it's nice in his specific uh, feedback. It was like, babe, you're not you're behind us. your mic. Sorry, but they found us by total accident. It was actually kind of like my faves, um, because basically That's someone that they followed. Re- your nose is not supposed to be on the microphone. Jesus, it's comfortable Christ. to talk like this. Anyways, uh, someone that they followed retweeted one of Orchid's tweets about beating cancer, um, which grabbed their attention, and um, that is actually how they found us. 
So I thought that cool. was really interesting. My lack that of is. hair for two years has now helped this podcast. Who knew? <laughs> also, shout out to Darthreen because they also said that they lost a few family members to cancer. And yeah, same. Very nice. Whoa. Oh. Okay. So oh. is this? Uh, oh. Should we wait? Wait. Star. Wh- Starscream uh, just wait, made another review. Starscream also just literally just posted another review on Podbean and then shared it in the feedback channel. So now, <laughs> guys, we've had three reviews in like a week on on Podbean and iTunes. Um, <laughs> his specific Podbean shout out. Her review was, this is such a great podcast for Destiny lore fans. They are funny and real, but also very professional once it comes to actually reading the lore. (laughs) I love their input and opinions, especially how they have D1 vets as well as D2 only players. I look forward to all of their episodes and their Discord is a fun place to hang. Thank you. That's so nice. Love it. I really appreciate you. But I did, of course, say in all caps afterwards, oh, my God, we just shouted you out. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you get all the shout outs. All right. All right. Well, let's save the rest all of the right. shout outs. Shout out out can, area. Yeah. Get Elemist out of here yeah. before his date. <laughs> he has a trials date. I think we can do it. I think we can yeah. do it, you guys. Yeah. Half the podcast is Twoggle. Sounds about right. Yep. Let's do it. So brief intro to the topic. This lore book is obtained by killing Vex. This lore book con- connects the stories of the first Vault of Glass fire team and the people at the Ishtar Collective. And Not for the first team. part of the book, go back and listen to episode 81. Yes, the science team, Ishtar Collector Collective. Yeah, the in-lore science team, not the awesome website that we shout out every week. Love you, Baxter. Almost every week, you know. Sometimes we oh, no every week. Elemis <laughs> doesn't remember it right at the beginning of the shoutouts, but someone it. always yeah. does. Yeah, if he someone always. We does. give him a bad enough time until he does. Yeah. All right. Well, then I have our first lore reading. Wait, in because this is what I was doing the other day. I'm trying to get definitions for all of the uh, odd w- naming of the cards. You go ahead and start. And uh, nope, I can't find that one. So maybe someone else will. I'm going to start with Atelic. Describe time. No, really. Give it a go. You're going to say something about a sequence of events, aren't you? Seconds sliced off a clock, marching one by one off into infinity. Go ahead. Use your metaphors. A line, a loop, a flat circle. Heard someone say time was like water once. At least that was novel. The Vex, they're the closest understanding it. They've got distance from it. If time's a river, then we're fish and they're diving birds. What's wet mean to a fish? What's it mean to an osprey? who's never fooled by a refraction on the water's surface. Hold on now, you're going to say. This is getting a bit abstract, even for the bodiless echo of a dead guy in the garden. You want concrete truths? Something simple, digestible? A story to keep the dark out. 
You want time to be a staircase, we keep climbing forever. But hey, even a guardian skips back a step or two now and then. Die with your ghost in range, and it'll pop you back before that bullet. Give you the second to make a fate you like better. Nothing's been simple on Earth since that big white cue ball rolled in from the next neighborhood over. And the stories, they don't work too well as a nightlight anymore. You're going to say, but the Traveler's our friend. The Traveler likes us. It gave us a golden age and garden worlds and guardians. You're going to say, you wouldn't be alive without it, Mr. Big Shot. Without it, I wouldn't be stuck in the Black Garden making bets with myself on which goblin's going to be the next to slip on a soggy leaf and fall off a cliff either. You took my light already. You'd better take my advice. I know the void's still calling, but I've come untethered. I can't reach it anymore. So, if I'm right that I can reach you, you keep your ears open. I don't care how much you hate hearing it. This is important. The Vex understand time in a way we never will. Doesn't matter how long I spend here watching them. Doesn't matter how many jury-rigged portals guardians fling themselves through. We live in time. They use it as a tool. Any moments that ever happened, any moment that will ever happen, they can go back to it. Play it again till they get it right. Simulate it. The light's a counter to that. They come back. A guardian comes back. They simulate an ending. A guardian tears through it. Stalemate. But the Vex in the garden? They bend the knee to the garden's heart. It gave them power. Till you got lucky. The Vex outside? They make a different calculation. They run. But the Vex, Vex inside make the same deal you make every day of your unnatural life. And who's to say that deal won't start paying off for them again sometime soon? You can't understand the Vex, and you don't want to understand the heart. But is your ignorance any more forgivable when it's willful? Lots of questions and not a lot of answers. Better take care or you'll drown them, surely as you'll drown in time, whether it's anything like a river or not. You see? Well, this one's a lot. I love this one. I like it because it's a- <laughs> It starts out very um, interstellary. <laughs> very much. Um, just... It is similar. Like Vex view time as a separate time. dimension, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Uh, and then it gets. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting. First, it starts it as like, how do you view time? And then it goes into how do the Vex view time? And um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. And I don't necessarily think I am the uh, appropriate person to be starting this. <laughs> Real quick, it's fine. I do want to note that. The title of it is Italic. Telic is uh, meaning um, tending toward an end or outcome. And A, as in the prefix, means not or without. So it's not moving towards a goal. 
Mm. Of course it's not because time is meaningless to where exactly. they are in this. Exactly. Yeah. I love how they describe time for the Vex as a tool. Um, you know, for us, time, as humans, basic humans, time does kind of go straightforward. Uh, for Guardians, time gets a little a little odd. Yes, time still goes forward. We cannot, we don't, re we personally don't rewrite time, but we affect time in a smaller scale based off of, you know, the fact that we can come back. Uh, but for the Vex, like, it doesn't matter. They can travel through time to go anywhere they want. I mean, they can, I mean, they, they basically control time. It would, it is like, uh, it's, a, it's a separate dimension. In the same way, like, we have like X, Y, and Z axis, you know, think of like left, right, 2D and 3D. They're 4D, man. For them, time is just like a, a direction. It's a movement and they can just walk around in it. And then you get crazier because he mentions how the Vex in the garden, they're also, uh, they're also worshiping the Black Heart, which basically the darkness is giving them the same kind of power that we as guardians are. So at this point, he brings out, you know, we're a stalemate. The guardians keep like we can run into the simulations that the vex make or we can kind of we can some we found ways to travel through time through vex portals and do all kinds of crazy stuff but it's he's just commenting on how like and then once again the fact that we're like ah oh, the traveler's so amazing and pray this is like well you know we wouldn't be in this situation if we didn't have the traveler so, I mean, you can look at it good and bad. Not exactly wrong. Yeah, he's not, he's not wrong. <laughs> I do like how you took my light already. You'd better take my advice. I do uh, like that. We found his ghost in D1. Mm -hmm. He keeps sending us messages, and we were just like, got your stuff. I'm going to take your weapon, because I love that thing. And I'm going to take your ghost. And I'm just going to ignore your weird radio transmissions for a couple of years. <laughs> oh, my God. In our time. Who knows what it's been like for him. It, hell, for him, it could, could be could five be seconds, minutes. Could be centuries, you know. Yeah. We're kind of dicks. But the one comforting thing we can take from this, guys, is that Vex still trip and fall. <laughs> yeah. apparently off cliffs I just tripped up the stairs the other day this is Hyven trip down the stairs last week oh goodness Such yeah. you can relate, you can relate. Fucking and with that Mrs. Hyven you want to continue yes ah come here alright I am going to be reading Jussive a word, form, case, or mood expressing command. The pulses from outside the vault come quicker now. More copies of the Ishtar Collective team arrive, using them for a boost, leapfrogging in from the dark. Their messages are getting out there, out to the ends of the Vex network. The pulses are getting strong enough that Shim thinks they have a chance to boost data even beyond the network to physical reality. 
whatever physical reality means to them and to Pradith at this point. Lifetimes deep in Vex projections. <clears throat> Pradith is attuned to the rhythm of the vault. When another pulse lines up with that momentary weakness, that lets his radio work. He pushes a message through. It doesn't bounce back. It has gone through. He whoops raggedly. A dozen Ishtar collective scientists return the cheer. They start to send messages scattershot, wherever they can, whenever, they, whenever the pulse climb high enough to boost their signal. That works for a while. Then the pulses get too strong, strong enough to destroy the integrity of the messages. Instead of skimming along the top, riding the wave, the messages tumble through it and shake apart under its power. If they're getting strong enough to unravel data, it could be they're getting strong enough to carry something heavier than a pile of code. It's worth a try, Prada thinks. Anything is, at this point. Something is coming, a tidal wave's shadow looming over every timeline he can see. Its peak rises sharp over the earth, breaking the Terminator's arc with a deeper darkness. The city can't escape it. Pradith carves messages into the last functional pieces of his gear, anything that can serve as a bottle for his messages, thrown out on the Times Ocean. And what does a guardian pay more attention to than their equipment? They'll catch someone's eye, someone. He knows the wave is coming. More visions flicker past him now, burning after images into his eyelids. More timelines, a possibility or eventuality. He doesn't know. Lost to the encroaching dark. He knows they won't be able to handle it alone. He knows they need a warning. They need to know it's coming. Soon. Pradith is being very paranoid. and um, But, I mean, we know that Pradith is right. Right. And For good reason so, but, it turned out. Exactly. But um I was just thinking of the kind of the the latter part of this reading that um that Pradith is carving messages into the last functional pieces of his gear. So just like anything that he can like send a message out on. Yeah, because remember we last week we talked about how he basically has seen visions some mm -hmm. of which seem to be have already happened or right. ones that might happen. So, I mean, it sounds kind of like he kind of knew the darkness was coming right. before we even saw it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I love that he's carving it onto equipment because let's be honest, guardians love new armor. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's nothing we love more. We already stole his, what his sniper. Yep. His yep. ghost. Yeah, I just want his armor in reality. I guess Vault of One. Vault of Glass <laughs> yeah. was probably his armor. You know what yeah. also is kind of interesting? If we're truly going to get Vault of Glass back as a raid uh, next huh. year, um, if they'll tie in, if it's going to be the exact same, will they tie in um, some of this lore? Could Praetith come back when we beat the Vault? Could we find him in there? Could instead of having a secret seventh chest, could there be some hidden locations that are almost like a, a like a little mini quest, kind of like how they put divinity into um, 
the the oh yeah the, I new, love the that. garden raid mm-hmm, i would mm-hmm. be really really cool if there was something tying into like praith maybe that's how we get vex vex mythoclass through an exotic mm-hmm. quest and we talk to praith i would love that yeah, that would be that would be really cool that would be yeah. really neat all right do we so, have yeah. anything else for this one i love that they're getting their signals through and i was always curious oh yeah what uh, I think I made this like spin foilish theory when we talked about this on the uh, quarterly lore review. I, mean, I was just talking about he talks about how the pulses are getting strong enough that they can send data, and he's attuned to the rhythm of the vault. When pulses line up, he can send his his messages through. I was curious what those pulses were. At one point, I was curious if they were maybe the uh, the portals opening on the moon during Shadowkeep when the Vex would um, just appear. I forget what that public event was called. Either that, but it could be when we open up the portal to go into the raid, mm-hmm. or it could be an undying mind dying. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if it was something specific, or if these are just he has found the rhythm of like Vex leaving and entering the vault. Could that just be any time that happens? And so I don't really. I, I at one point tried to like link it up to current events, but I don't. I don't know that there's anything specific. Well, the thing is, it, it was talking about the pulses becoming stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, I'm standing by the, the undying mind theory because we kept going into various timelines to kill them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, we don't actually know when this was written, I guess. Correct? We don't have a timeline for us for when... I mean, technically for him, we just talked about time is not a thing. Right. So who right. knows when this could have actually been happening. That's true. It could have been like, heck, when we're running the Undying Mind Strike over and over and over and over again. Well. Back in the day. It, right. It, it could, could be, be related to that. Or because this dropped in, in Season of Undying, it could be related to that. And especially with the fact yeah. that this was introduced right alongside side Vex Offensive. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that was what I, that's what it was called. Yeah. So I'm just curious what's going to happen from that, because that kind of didn't go anywhere as far as Vex Offensive and the whole Vex portion of, like, Shadowkeep. We've kind of, it's kind of fallen off a little bit. Other than the Vex, well, I mean, I I say that, but the, the Black Garden is still a really big, like, talking point. So, and, like, it the is. Black Heart. The thing I'm going to come back to is the fact that Ikora built that machine so we could destroy the undying mind in every timeline and we did yeah that is true it's true so yeah i guess that's kind of like closed until something new happens so it wouldn't surprise me if for the vault of glass coming back if we actually have a quest where we get one of his messages and that's why we progress into it or that's how we unlock the actual activity yeah i think they've They've definitely made themselves a great position to bring the vault yep. into the story for us to go back in. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to take Mrs. Hyven through the vault of glass. We're going to get our icebreaker and we're going to crouch up on top and we're just going to shoot everything. Oh my and we're God. never going to jump down. Oh, wait. No, that was the oh, first. Oh, wait. That was, that was yeah. yeah. That was one of the ways we cheesed you one. And then yep. we're going to throw the grenades at the bosses, and they're all going to fall off the edge. 
Uh huh. Nope. Yeah, yeah. You gotta push Still. them off the edge. What if they don't like patch out their original glitches and they come back? Oh my goodness, that would be hilarious. Oh, D one players oh, are gonna have a free, like a field day with it. You know, everyone's yeah, gonna try that. Breaker. We're gonna look for the same oh. spots, for the secret chests. Day we're one, we're all the same. Gonna do day that. one, yeah. you know, we're gonna be like, you know let's try and push like, him off. Can we push? Yeah, him there's off gonna the be edge? like raid run, like speed runs. You know, world's first for raids, and then there's gonna be those people who are just running around looking to see if they can find all of the same old stuff from D one secret. Yep. Mm-hmm. There, people are gonna be looking for the seventh chest. I seventh was gonna chest. say, are we gonna get the seventh chest? Yeah, that's what they're really gonna be doing. Oh man! Oh man! All right, that's okay, all I got turn. for this card. I'm reading now. Oh, sorry. Fuck. It's really early. We drank a lot last night. I was playing with Australians and drinking. All right. Volative or volative? One of the two. Which one is it? I don't know. Volative. I'll say that. Of or relating to the will, expressing a wish or permission. 227.97. Here's how it goes. You and Mayan Shim and Dwayne Migma take your first cautious sliding steps out into the Vex Information Network. You get your footing. You've got to translate everything into metaphor to understand it. Here. And this is like tightrope walking on a greased line. You and Maya lean into each other. Shim slips and you help him up. You explore. You go on. 227.3. Here's how it goes. You and Maya and Shim and Dwayne McNeil take your first cautious steps out to the Vex Information Network. You have to translate everything into metaphor to understand it here. And this is like doing a Fourier transform on yourself down the blade of a sundial. You fumble a step and Shim and Dwayne hoist you back up between them. You come up with a pair of skin knees, but it's fine. You explore. You go on. 227.218. Here's how it goes. You all take your first confident steps out into the Vex Information Network. Maya says it feels like trying to get down a mountain on a surfboard. Dwayne McNeil makes grim pronouncements about avalanches, but he does this from a step ahead of you. You're all eager to get started. You come to a place that's a simulation of a world you don't recognize. Hills rolling with grain that's just faintly iridescent, the color of their stalks an echo of the purple sky. Something in the distance calls out. A bird, maybe. Something that might be the traveler lies on the distant horizon, a moon-sized eggshell discarded on the ground. It's spider-webbed with cracks. No light emerges from them. Dwayne McNeil walks too quickly, not testing the ground. He's gone before you can blink, fallen through an unseen edge of the simulation. When you move to where he disappeared, tilting your head at a certain angle makes the world give itself over to empty black with, go- with glowing wireframe edges that don't do anything to illuminate it. Tilt your head back and there's nothing but purple wheat in the far-off call of an unknown bird. We have to go after him, says Maya. We can't just leave him. You're all still shocked, faces drawn. Shim bends for a rock, squints, and tosses the stone underhand at the edge of the simulation. It disappears before you can hit the peak of its arc. He shakes his head. You and Maya repeat the experiment, heads cocked like nervy sparrows. When your rocks hit void, they disintegrate first into wireframe and then into that black nothingness. 
You retreat. You put up a marker at the rise of a hill for all the good it'll do. You mourn. You go on. 227.7. You lose Shim. 227.33. You lose Dwayne Mignam. 227.200. The four of you cobble a radio together to contact the other teams. Every night when you stop to rest, you click through the channels, hoping another team had the same idea. On a cliff made of glass, topped with a thin layer of sandy earth and a thinner layer of grass, you get a response that's nearly intelligible. The rest, You rest the next night at a seashore under the glass cliff. You wake up before dawn at the sound of screaming. You don't have time to find out what's happening before it happens, very finally to you. 227.72. You lose Maya. 227.41. You lose Maya. 227.59. You lose Maya. You mourn. The thought of all the other Mayas out there doesn't help. They weren't the Maya you'd puzzled over, puzzled with over living basalt flowers, a world with 17 moons, a continent that Shim had sworn up and down was 16th century Australia and that Dwayne McNea couldn't be dissuaded from calling Pangea. You'd found a simulation with a city where you discovered a jewelry store, picked out a necklace, brought it home to her, and wished her a happy pseudo-anniversary. Maya didn't like bracelets so they always fouled her work. Her hair had been getting shaggy again and was due for a trim. She could never decide whether or not to grow it out. She laughed at you for lifting weights to maintain simulated muscle, but she spotted for you all the same. There are other Mayas out there, layers of them, all the way up to the original, wherever she is. You hope they're doing well. But that doesn't stop you from missing this Maya, missing whatever arguments and discoveries you'd have shared in the rest of the lifetime you promised to one another. Shim and Dwayne McNea pull you from the bedside besides pull you up from beside Maya's marker. A basalt lily rests on top of it, petals thin enough to let light through. You go on. That's a lot of death. I mean, I'm really sad now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're simulated versions, yeah. but like, that's a lot. But if Jesus you go back Christ. to the original Ishtar Collective story, if simulations are done so perfectly, who's to say that you're not a simulation? What makes a perfect simulation any less real than what's in fact the original? Because they couldn't even tell yeah. if they were the real ones or not. So, no, that that's exactly it. One thing I want to point out is all these are in the perspective talking to uh, Chioma. That's who the U is. Uh, so if you're not familiar with this team, this is Chioma, Maya, Shim, and Dr. Magneta. Um, Maya and Chioma, Maya Sundaresh and Chioma, they are, uh, I don't know if they're, they're not, I don't know if they're married, but they're at least in a stable, happy relationship. Um, you learn that from the very beginning. So that is also why it's a little hard when the very very end she loses her maya even though chioma acknowledges that she knows that there's 227 simulations of themselves and the original but those are the other chioma's maya she lost her maya so 
it, it you know it still hurts you, you know it's and, and then it's not just her a lot of the groups lose someone I mean, unfortunately poor poor group 200 sounds like all of them are killed in the middle of the night so that whole team is wiped out but uh yeah these simulations have had a rough go and and that's why the last three are kind of heartbreaking because it's Chioma and she loses Maya like you love you lose the person that you absolutely love and even though you think you might be a simulation that still doesn't nullify the feelings that it doesn't nullify your experiences yeah right and I also find it very interesting, like, where they are. You know, if you've been envisioning them in the Black Garden this whole time or in the vault, they're not exactly, they're not in the same location as Praetith. They are in a simulation of the Vex network. Uh, but they're talking about how maybe they're in 6th century Australia. Maybe they're in original Pangaea. Um, they had found a simulation with a city where they discovered a jewelry store. And Chioma had bought a necklace as an anniversary gift for Maya. Like, uh, this world that there's in, this is a full simulation of a full, like, running real world. This isn't just, like, uh, what we're used to seeing, like, a small vault of glass area or just the Black Garden area. Yeah. They're, like, in a simulated world. And they're all in their own. So it's not like, oh, I can just run into another group. No, they're all in, like what they can perceive as their their life their real world so um you know it it's just like you, you got to take each one of these groups as you can take into this this card's great i love it because it, it helps you to appreciate that these are all their individual people you know when you think mm -hmm. 227 simulations you're thinking oh it's a bunch of computer simulations algorithms just running through all this stuff but no this card helps to appreciate that like they are separate from each other they know that the other versions of them exist but like they're living their life they can't just like reset the program it's not a game where they just start over and go again so yeah i just i just think this card really kind of paints the picture of how powerful the vex like simulations and the vex network really is yeah i mean it's their life so like it's so upsetting just to read like the very end like i seriously was gonna cry Wasn't yeah i mean that card's it. mostly just death yeah yeah most of these cards are death it's like oh well this person died oh this person died but this person died but it's a different one but this then this person died like okay yeah it's rough yeah it really is Right. nothing really to add there nope so I will jump into the final card Irealis the garden wakes and the undying mind wakes with it it rises from the barrow that's grown up around it shedding vines and hanging moss like bedsheets circuits flood with power passing the excess along to the next inline. Flex massive limbs in boot sequences. Goblins write more circuits and weld them to the mind, building it up to take advantage of the power. Not an occasional pulse now, but a steady hum. Their faith has been rewarded. 
in the vault 183 sets of simulated golden age scientists flex their own limbs, ready to make a break for it. Pradith, kneeling at his radio, shakes out his hands. They're stiff. He's stiff. Queasy with exertion and worry, and a stack of lifetimes in a cell, but ready. How big is a transistor compared to a pin, do you know? He can't tell which Maya is speaking. There are 165 of her spread between the teams. Are you calling me an angel? This is Chioma, amused. Pradith knows which team it is now. 227.72's Chioma sounds hoarser than the others. He doesn't know why. Maya again. Would you like to dance? Dwayne McNead snorts in hundred-part harmony and eighty shims grin and elbow him in the metaphorical ribs. It's a slim chance, but a chance is all they need. The garden's massive door hums, an echo of the song the goblins sing as they tend the flowers. The first minotaur readies itself to step through, shield coming awake around it. Everything that has happened is, from a certain point of view, always happening. Everything that will happen is happening. If you know how to slice the ribbon of chronology thin enough, you can step through to the necessary moment. If you know how to tear it. 160 Mayas reach for the Chiomas by their side. 158 Chiomas reach back. One Pradith, waiting for the conductor's baton to drop. Uncountable Vex in the garden, waiting for the same event. A synchrony none of them notice. Somewhere, a veil is always lifting. Somewhere, Kabir is always dooming himself. Somewhere, a door is always opening. Somewhere, they are always stepping through. So at this point, it sounds like all of the teams in Prada have finally found each other. They're all together. You know, we can see based off the numbers. Uh, you know, some of them are cut in half, almost. But um, yeah, there's not there's not a perfect number. We don't have perfect set teams, but somehow these groups have got together. Um, whatever they've been working on, it sounds like it's ready to go. And at this point. Um, they can't change the past. Talks about you know you have like Kabir is always is always dooming himself. That vault run's always gonna fail. You know these people who are lost in the Vex yep. network are always gonna be lost. But at the same time, a door is opening. I think that's fitting because that could be like the vault of glass opening when we first went in, or the door opening when we first went into the Black Garden. Uh, but also, it's the door opening for them to hopefully be leaving as it talks about they are always stepping through so i mean with vex go going, ahead on this you got going off going off of my theory about like what if there's a quest that brings us to the vault what mm -hmm. if that is the door opening we open the door to go in and that is the door for them to come out at the same exactly. time. exactly that would be really cool yeah i mean that's kind of the fitting point just that line somewhere a door is always opening I mean, that's so vague. You can say that, oh, that's right. them opening the door to leave. 
but doors are very rarely one side one way doors and those are a thing in destiny but like who's to say like we don't right. open a door to go in somewhere and they come out which is really cool and also the fact that we know that they're not like in the exact same place they're talking to each other over radio they're all in the vex network they're not all in like the black gardens i mean they're not all in the fault of glass cell that prey this is in so somehow like they have opened up the whole like vex network and they're trying to escape which is kind of crazy and what happens when simulation you leave a a simulation to come to what the real world but what is even the real world at this point because exactly yeah their world is the real world yeah they're trying to get to freedom of some sort they're trying to get out there you know they sent them the original ishtar collective team sent them in to gather like research so right like where are they trying to get? What is their final, final goal? So yeah, I think this card, this whole book, is crazy. I like this book a lot. I love it. Yeah, I guess that takes us into the last bullet points. I don't know if anyone <gasps> else has anything else to say about this card specifically, but I I just have two last things. Yeah. Um, early on it said, "Not an occasional pulse now, but a steady hum." Their faith has been rewarded. That's referring to the pulse that we spoke about earlier. Um, and it it's like I was saying, it's related to the undying mind. Check mm-hmm. this out. What if the door's already been opened? The Vex gate that was built in the tower. That whole oh. big thing. We talk about how them being free doesn't mean they're next. They're just going to show up in physical bodies in our world. Who's to say this story hasn't already quote unquote finished that taking out the undying mind and opening up that doorway was not a way for them to somehow make it into some new plane of existence who knows what that might be but like we're talking vex we already know that time is nothing so like i don't i'm just very interested now to see if we're gonna get some more information about this because I've I've got other spin foil theories. Yeah, coming, it's so. bring brings up new spin foil every time. The cool thing is about reading this stuff, like every few like every six months going back, is when you reread stuff after getting more lore books and more story in game out of game, you see stuff in such a new context that like you can just speculate. Like I, I guarantee you go back and read Truth to Power, you're probably gonna get a new spin foil theory every time you go back and read that book, because that's just like what the grimoire does and I love it. No, that's what's yeah. so great about it is that you read everything and you're like, oh, wait, but now this happened and it could be interpreted yeah. as, you know, this mm-hmm. other thing. It's great. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to note, it, it's nothing grand, like leading to a theory or anything, but just how heartbreaking it is. 160 Mayas reach for the Chioma by their side. 158 Chiomas reach back. Yeah, not no, a, does, that's, that's so not sad. Even. <laughs> like, and you know the, the sad crap. part is, if you think about that though, that's not that there's a, what a difference of two. It's not that two of them don't have each other. Chances that all of those sync up on the same sides are, you know, who knows how many what they're actually like missing. You know, right. Uh, almost all of them could be missing someone because you know we had a hundred, we had two hundred and twenty-seven, so. What if they were completely on the opposite sides every time? You wouldn't have a ton of them that 
really had each other. So yeah, it's just kind of crazy to think like who knows what those team that team composition would be. I want to see the reunion yeah. if somehow they all could end up I in did one too. location. That would be kind of crazy. So yeah, uh final thoughts. Did everybody like the lore book? Hyven? I love this now. lore book. Yes. <laughs> I know. Hey, you you said final thoughts and everyone just jumped on it. Uh, yeah, I like this lore book. I've always loved Freya as a character. I always, in my heart, like when we first got his ghost and his message, thought that he was still alive somehow. Um, and so it's been really, really cool to see that grow. And the Ishtar team was one of my first, as much as I talk about the Dwindler's Ridge saga, the Ishtar collective team was actually one of the first lore stories I ever kind of dove into. So it was really, really cool to see them come back. And I think this is a great, great book to give us just, it's a good standalone story. But as we we're just talking about, we could totally build this into some some continuing story in the future. So yeah. I love books like that. So Mrs. Hyvin? No, I'm sad now. But do oh, you like the book? Sorry. No, because I'm sad. Doesn't that mean it successfully did its job? Well, well yeah. there's a, I don't know. Well, there's a little bit of hope at the end. You know, the, they see the door open. I don't like to think of a world where there's like 200 and something of me and Hyven to begin with. And then at the end of it, you're hoping that maybe the 160 and 158 pair up, but you know they aren't. So in actuality, over half of those like pairs are just sad and alone. It's definitely, it is a sad book. Watch their love die. It is a sad book. It is, it is a very sad book. I know you hate sad things. Me personally, it's not that I love to be sad. But for me, like a story that can evoke good emotion, I always view that as like something that was is really good. Cause, I mean, you know. it's good. It just I don't know. I yeah, it it's good. It just doesn't leave you leave you with that good feeling. Not the kind of story that you it like. Makes me it's not your kind of story. Want to like cry? Yeah. So no, that's it. Makes me think about like losing Hyven, and I don't. You don't like want to that. think about losing Hyven. Yeah. No. Wow, that's Ever. awful. Right. So. I'm just a little more. I yeah, there's also, nothing wrong. It's everyone's opinion. And all of everything. I definitely did not take my medicine yesterday. I took it today, but because <laughs> of everything that went on with the allergic reaction and my time just all being off, I'm a little more hormonal today. And I just I don't like to think about anything that makes me think about losing Hyman. That's understandable. Aww. Well, I appreciate that I really you like me. Love that weirdo. <laughs> I think we all do. So. Elvis <laughs> wants to marry you too. You guys can all have a relationship together. Elvis, this is your relationship. This is what you've been waiting for. Right? right. Me and Elvis have had a multi-year relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, how dare you we've say been, you've we've been dated. going strong? Yeah. <laughs> you and Ivan. Oh yeah. Um, Orchid, did you like the book? I love this book. Um, I like books that tell stories, and this one definitely has the longer. Um, readings and the actual like, story behind it. Not that I don't like ones that are, you know, just kind of cut and dry and like, this is what happened and then this happened. But this is like, you get that, you get that emotion out of it without all of the fucking purple prose that like a quarter of the books have. Like yeah. the Mara Senna books are the most egregious purple prose bullshit books I've ever read. <laughs> What's that like, mean? Purple prose is like unnecessarily flowery. 
yeah. So you're like, yeah. The but that's Mara. I I yeah, hate it. I know, like that sure. kind of writing is gross. <laughs> the i would i want to say like a good quarter of the books like have that just unnecessary writing like um uh, where it takes two dates or two pages to actually describe a flower yeah or like the pigeon the phoenix had this problem too uh when they were describing the battles and like they'd talk about you know they yeah you're using all of the english language congratulations but like you're doing it like a real douchebag so (laughs) i love the stories but i like this one because it's you know a little more like accessible for my eighth grade reading level nothing wrong with that yeah there's nothing wrong with a simple story sometimes it's true a lot of sometimes writings will get over complicated just for the sake of painting a better picture but sometimes it's it's not it doesn't you know no because it's yeah yeah no a lot of times it's like oh look we're trying to we're trying to describe all this stuff, but at the same time, like our descriptions are nine hundred words long, and it does nothing to like progress the story except to make it longer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I know it's like yeah, overly right. critical, but I really like this book because it doesn't do that. Yeah. It can convey emotion without needing like four pages to do so. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's short too, considering yeah. all the all I the mean, stuff heck, we get in it. it. It did that in one sentence. Consider it, yeah, it did that in one sentence. And considering that, um, you can it. I mean, for the one that I read, that lasts like two paragraphs. Let's say, it's like sad as shit, and you didn't need you know four pages and an excuse to write everything. It just kind of happened. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with it. What about you, Alist? I enjoyed it because of some of the spin foil that you're able to go into with it. Um, I mean, it, at the very end, it's talking about, you know, somewhere a door is always opening and you start poking it like, well, that could be when they first opened the vault. That could be when we opened the vault. That could be when How we reopened open the vault. <laughs> right. Right. Like, there's a ton of things that you can just tie it to. And I, I love that. Yeah, as much as we always want, like, stories that are, like, close-ended, most of the time when you get that story with a happy, like, ending and, like, a bow tied on it, you just forget about it or you just really aren't happy with it. Those open-ended stories are the ones that drive you crazy, stay in your mind forever, and are those ones that you're always like, I love this story and I just want to know how it ends, you know? Sometimes those are the best. Yeah. Or sometimes you really appreciate closure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's all it depends on the story, and it depends yeah. on. I have too much non-closure in my own life to <laughs> not enjoy to enjoy it in fiction, right? Yeah, I, I you are def- much. Di- you are a much different story. You like much different stories than I do, but that is also you know why we, we've talked in the past about how our personal bias. But that's also what kind of stuff you like in storytelling and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a, a good appreciation to see that like everyone is different, and that like you exactly know, you like like you liked ghost stories, right? Because you liked some of the they were yeah. shorter little stories. Most of them were kind of just I, there wasn't some long broad drawn out thing. I like things that have a nice, neat little bow on them. Like I said, it just being someone who grew up with a lot of open-endedness in my life and just never feeling like I got closure in certain aspects of life that I wanted. 
I enjoy fiction that gives me that, that gives me that complete feeling. Makes sense. So, Good. Yeah. Cool. I like it. So, shout outs. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you guys like the book. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Tweet at us and tell us how you liked it. I think I'd like to do that. Yeah, I, I, what, did you say me for shout outs? Yeah. Is that what you said? Oh. Well, then I guess I'd shout out, yeah, the, everyone out there. Tell us how you like the book. I think I'd like to start something as we keep going. Tell us what you think. But like starting out our lore book readings by telling you guys our knowledge on the book and maybe our bias towards the story starting out so you kind of know where we're coming from and then also i love how we end it with uh discussing how we thought about the book and i'd like to always throw it out to the uh to the audience to kind of see absolutely what they like so shout out to everyone as you're listening to this um you can hit us up in the feedback on our discord you can tweet at us um individually guardians of lore we'll all get it if you tweet at that uh just tell us how you thought if you haven't read the book um hopefully you listened thoroughly as we read it to you <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah. even and even if you're listening to it like months down the road, still hit us up. Let us know what episode. For sure. Um, and then as far as oh wait a second, oh I said I was going to start this new thing. I was going to tr- finally bite the bullet and try to actually use Twitter and throw <gasps> myself on the um what? our introduction. But I changed my mind. I'm not. I'm still not going to tell people. But I am going to shout out people who find me. And my most recent <laughs> individual who found me on Twitter is, uh, it's not that hard to find me, but I'm just going to start doing this because every once in a while I have random people find me. So the latest person who has found me is uh, Keepin4221. So congratulations. You found me on Twitter. <laughs> I do exist. Do you know what? And I'm someday just going to tweet out on it. our Twitter. Oh my God. I'm just going to tweet at, I just your, at you all the time. Yeah, I just I stalk on the Twitter. Yeah, don't make it easy yeah. for them. Don't just like tweet oh. everything oh my God. at me. They got to like I'm go back. I'm going to tweet everything at you. Even you I have tweeted okay. at me. So it's not that hard to find me, but it's just I, I, I'm just giving people, you know, credit for doing a little grunt, grunt work. So I even when you do tweet at us, well, be aware that... <laughs> what? What did you say? Of our cast. Hyven is the Where's Waldo of our cast. Exactly, exactly. But he doesn't wear stripy shirts. I know exactly where he is. I'm about to change my Twitter profile to Waldo now. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I was going to say, if you are tweeting at our Twitter, at Guardians underscore lore, um, be aware that like 80, 90% of the time it's me responding and the other 10% is Mrs. Hyven, but you'll never know if it's that 10% or not. You never will. So, because she's just as weird as I am on Twitter. Yeah. If you want to talk to one of them personally, weird spaghetti eyeball. You're you're (laughs) safe. If you want to talk to them personally, you're safe just sending them messages directly. Because yeah, you can just tweet at me at Hey, it's Orkin, and then you know. Yeah. Exactly. But we can pretend that it's just the cast in general. If you want to tweet at us at Guardians underscore Lore. Guardians Lore. It's going to be everyone because we're all connected. We all get those. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. I'm usually the one responding or checking If you want crazy batshit opinions from one of us, just just, just tweet us directly. Yeah. And we'll right, we try to keep the Guardians of Lore page semi-neutral-ish. like No, I don't. I don't at all. You do <laughs> most of the time. You do a pretty good job. You're random Toki pictures occasionally, but no, for the most part, you keep it mostly like Guardians of Lore and not you're pretty, orchids. Yeah, you're she's, pretty neutral in there. She's got some strong feelings about otters. 
Oh, um, that's yeah. acceptable. Those that's podcast aren't even <laughs> feelings, Elemis. Yeah, that's just are, podca- the podcast love otters, though, you know? All of us love otters. Yeah, we all love otters. If you don't love otters, you need to not be on this podcast. <laughs> These are eternal truths. Did you know the pyramid ships have little tiny purple lightning underneath them on the menu? Yes. I think I did know that, yeah. I didn't even notice until now, because that's mm-hmm. how much I play you this game. Together, I have it. not played Destiny for weeks. Oh, Oh, I think I did. I have I had actual shoutouts, but I don't remember. Yeah, what they actual are. shout out. Um, before so we can actually get this going because it's two now. Um, I swear I had some and I don't remember them. So if I remember it as we go, maybe I'll add it in. But you guys go ahead. So shout out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, shout out to everybody. To everybody, Mrs. Hyven. Um, yeah, I'm the same as Hyven. I feel like I had actual shout outs. Um, obviously to everybody who just talks to us and gives us the feedback in our feedback channel. It's always fun to hear and look at and see. Uh, we already feed we already shouted at a lot of people oh. at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Really did. But yeah, all the people who have uh, you know, given us reviews and stuff like that. That's really it's really fun. It really makes my day when I find them. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and yeah, just for everybody who is just, just doing what they do to keep on trucking in the Destiny community right now, while it's a bit of an odd time, um, we'll all party hard again in November. Mm-hmm. I do have one. I don't, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of not specific, but just okay. a shout out to Arf. Haven't talked to him for a while, but I'm always thinking about the dude. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's one of our mods. He's, I know he's right there in Discord. You want to go marry but, him too? What, Arf? Arf? Yeah, you want him just to move awesome. in with you? And I want to speculate again with you, Arf. I want to get you back on here for a speculation episode. Oh, yeah. That's I my really shout do out. want Arf to That was so much on. fun. I just want to get in here for another up. spin foil topic we, thing. So we need to set up, up Arf, if you're interested, man. I miss Arf. Well, I'm like, we need to set up like a couple episodes before November where yeah. we just like spin foil all out. I, yeah, you know, I kind of just want to get on some of like our. It's on my like, schedule. I want to get people back who are just like just some of our goofy conversations. I might even bring back old like Sean Jones, Flamin. Are ah, some of those like random goofy spin foil things? I'd love some to see if I can uh, shout out to get LC on here just to hear that crazy man. See, he knows nothing about lore. LC would be an interesting one. He never played D1, so I'd be interested to see He's what his speculations games, like so, yeah. on um, November are going to be with the same kind of uh, view as somebody who's only played D2. Yes. Yeah, he plays very hard. But he's not a big story person. I think it's kind of cool to get people in here who have played the game extensively, but don't know some of the uh, background grimoire. Just kind of get it. I like to get viewpoints. So that's kind of my shout out uh, to anyone who thinks they'd be interested in kind of wanting to yeah, talk about and that that's stuff, not just whether the, like, it's on the podcast or in. Uh, well, we do have a lore channel, yeah. so you know, I just like don't if, check. If it anybody all the time. listening would be interested and have some spin foil theories, you know, you like let us know. Yep. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Cause it's about to get all spin foily up in here. Yep. Things are gonna the get crazy, way. and we're gonna get real busy once the new expansion mm-hmm. comes out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so orchid shout outs. Uh, I have a a couple. So the first one is to um actually to the lore network in general. Um, blue and green, and I have been talking about um kind of how to get it out there more so more people use it because people like are aware it exists and we shout it out all the time but not a lot of other podcasts or youtubers or anything like that do 
So um, if you do anything in Destiny, I know we always shout it out, but if you do anything always. in Destiny, um, you know, like take a look at the lore network and see what they have. There's a lot of us yeah. there that have podcasts. There's a lot of us there that are like small YouTubers. I mean, like Bife and Mylan are there too. They don't really need the help of the Lore Network because they've kind of made it. In, but, in a perfect world, yeah. it would be a great like database though. If we could get just it everyone really on there, yeah. it would and, be fantastic. You know, honestly, like if you like to write fiction about Destiny, um, it is a great resource for like for or anything. actual like Destiny. audio lines. Um, there's there's a great database of like Toland quotes. If you want to know, like, what the hell Tolan says, there's just, like, entire pages, like, very in-depth of shit Tolan has said. Okay, but, I mean, he's not my favorite glitter ball, It's not even, it's not limited to Destiny. That's why it's the Lord Network. It's the story of games. So if you are, uh, you listen, you find our podcast, and you're like, you know Mm -hmm. what, I would love to write some articles on my favorite game, a little small indie game join check check it uh, out honestly um yeah, yeah hit up uh it's at the lore network uh dot com uh you can find all their stuff and if you want to like write articles for them like you're really passionate about like picard which i super am picard hey, guys guys yeah. if you if you want to talk about star trek hit me up on twitter <laughs> but i mean like if you want to talk about like the lore but, yeah, and how no, picard like fits trying, into I the rest of it blue, like uh, yeah I was talking to him about our show notes and everything and trying to get those up there because I got slacky on that for a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll eventually get a little bit more of our stuff up there. I mean, they've been awesome to us and super kind. They have our uh, they even have our Teespring store linked through there. Um, so which, by the way, you guys, Transition Brother is officially oh, up now. I finally did that. Finally, finally. <laughs> I mean, good. <laughs> I'm gonna go get some of that. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> um so if so it really that's kind of important um at least to me like we've been just looking at a bunch of stuff for the lore network so um yeah hit up blue on twitter hit up green um you could just tweet at the lore network and um you know find out what it's all about i think that's really important um they put a lot of time and effort into it and I know we always say, like, check out thelorenetwork.com alongside many other impressive lore content creators. But which is Yeah, that's not like just like our sponsor, like, guys. This is not like their, a, a brand yeah. we're shouting out. This is no, like, like a real resource like Ishtar Collective is. Yeah. It really is. And um yeah, it's, it's really awesome. It's just not as well known as Ishtar Collective is. And I really kinda wish it was because it has a lot of really great information on it. So it does. like they like you said, they work really hard. Like Green was working on some new um like gifs or gifs or whatever um, yeah we're working on uh, we're working on like really audio good. drops for um the lore network to drop at the end of episodes for everybody to yes. use yeah. they're like two seconds working long. on uh working on yeah, stuff for yeah. like for youtube videos like a, a one second two second splash screen um to throw in there mm-hmm. just like just so you know that like yeah i'm a part of the lore network like we need more visibility here it is yeah. like this is a thing that exists yeah, so. it's a really, really amazing network, and we've actually had people we reach out in our in our feedbacks and in our reviews to let us know that that's actually how they found us. Yeah. So I know that it has been beneficial to us as a podcast. So we definitely want to give them the same amount of love back that they've given us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So good shout out, Orkin. Yeah. Good shout. So out. I guess yeah, that's my shout out. Crushing it. Yeah. 
Also, shout out to all my Australian friends. Like, thanks for putting up with me. That's it. <laughs> oh, and to Corey um, for helping me get to 5,500. What up, guys? Nice. Nice. I was yeah. I had to think mm-hmm. about what that which you were talking about for a second. Yeah. It's been so long since I played that. Fifty five hundred. Nice. Mm. Yay. Unbroken so, will one today be mine. <laughs> <laughs> so as okay, for myself, uh first off, shout out to Ishtar Collective. There we go. The Laura website. Not the Vex studying people. Why not affect um, studying people? Because I don't know them. So? I don't know a bunch of people on Twitter. I still tweet at them. Um, Have I seen Obama or friends? Yeah, but the problem is, if he tries to tweet <laughs> yeah, at the Ishtar true. Collective in-game, he's got 228, actually, of them. So, yeah. trying to find who's cool. going to respond, that's a lot of work. Just think yeah. of how popular know, he would be. It. That's pretty easy. But I guess Praetith had literally all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, tweet at Praetith. He could really use someone to talk to. Praetith had all the time in the world and none of the time in the world. <laughs> um, And also, shout out to Mr. Pickles, one of my clanmates. I'm going to be Hi, jumping Pickles. into trials with him in just like as soon as we wrap this up. Hi, Mr. Pickles. All right, let's do it then. <laughs> I need to get in here and actually play. So, with that being said, our reminders, you can tweet us at guardians underscore lore, at hey it's orchid, at mrs underscore hyven, or at i underscore am underscore elemist. I almost fucked up there. Uh, you can email us okay. at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can find us on Instagram at guardians of lore, all one word. You can leave a review, or you can jump in our Discord. Let us know there. Yep. And with that being said, take care. Peace out. Bye. Hate you. Just want to bleak. We're make sure we get this done before Orchid's in her gamut match. <laughs> uh, well, I'm still flying in. So. Waka waka. How's this yeah. working? Which no, totally you've got like read. I need to make sure another ten to fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. Oh, you are on Xbox. Never mind. I yeah, am on Xbox. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna take me like nine years. To... Yeah, because he said it was gonna take you fifteen minutes to load in. Yep. I was like, She's guys, no, I'm on Xbox so right now. In one no. week. You'll be loaded into your gamma match by the time we're done with this. Oh, a, oh, oh. Here oh, we go. is it two weeks? It's the EDZ map. That's my Suck. favorite map. Wait. That's it's small. In a week and two days, so I get to figure out how much money I get to spend on a new graphics card. Ooh. Ooh. Now I'm building a second okay. piece in my like all-out dream PC eventually. But I'm waiting for the new AMD. Um... Processors and the 3000 series graphics card. Shit. It's Hive Bring a Sword, guys. It is Hive Bring a Sword. I hate the Shriekers. Oh, hi, Kona. Yeah, I hate Shriekers. Kona's staring at us. Hi, Kona. I think she's staring at me. Kona, look almost in the eye. Hey. This one, not this one.
Dang, she's... <laughs> she hears you. Maybe she can hear me upstairs. She doesn't know yeah. what's going on. All right. Kona, you come to see... Let's make it happen. All right, you guys ready? More the laundry yeah. I need to fold. Oh, Elmas, you're driving. Oh, drive yeah. me, Kona. You drive me wild. Ooh, mm. you promise? Giggity. Yes. You're adorable, baby. God, I feel like I'm running through molasses. <laughs> Maybe you are. Hive. I, bring your molasses. It, hive, bring my molasses. I think Elmas is trying to start you guys. Oh, sorry, Elmas. I'll put the molasses away. I've got a trials thing at like two. What kind of kinky stuff are you doing with molasses? Oh, stuff? shit. Oh, we should definitely be yeah. done by then. This is a short card. There's only like five readings. Look, just don't let me tangent into Vex shit too much, okay? That's all I want you to tangent into is Vex shit. I'm going to tangent all up inside that Vex shit. Mm -hmm. Shut the That's fuck like. up! Just don't tangent too hard. Look at harpies. Fuck you! <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. 